back to Tip for the Spear, and um, this week's guest is our health director, uh, Deshane Barnett, and we're here to talk about COVID. We know you're sick of COVID, but um, we... Better being sick with COVID. It is, and so it's um, uh, Deshane. Um, actually, can we talk a little bit about the difference between the, a health officer and a health director? Yeah, so the health director is an administrative position that's really in charge of personnel, budgeting, that kind of stuff at the health department. The health officer is actually a statutory position. They're considered the lead local public health official. Um, so whenever the state uh, Department of Public Health and Human Services is enacting something, an emergency rule, action, activity, they contact the lead local public health official, which is the health officer. And in some counties, some smaller counties, those might be divided up between two different people because um, you might have a a doctor who actually serves as the health officer and then a commissioner or someone serves as the health director. In the larger counties, it's usually the same person. Got it, thank you. DeShane, one question I have is, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing out there today? So we've heard of the Delta variant and uh, probably seen newscasts of hospitals overflowing. What are we seeing in the healthcare system right now? And, and are, are these uh, new cases uh, from uh, being found in folks who are unvaccinated or uh, are, break, are they breakthrough cases of vaccinated folks? I think a lot of the general public is learning more about the Delta variant and the Delta variant is a strong strain. So it's very, it's what we call virulent. And, and because of that, it has a higher viral load associated with that. So that does actually a couple things. One, it is more transmissible. And so what we see is that yes, um, with the Delta variant and, and the higher viral load, um, someone who is vaccinated actually does become infected and can spread the virus. Um, the important thing about vaccines though is two things. One, if a vaccinated person does um, contract the Delta variant, their viral load drops more quickly. So they're not as sick and they don't, they're not able to spread the virus for as long. And then the unvaccinated individuals, what we're seeing with the Delta variant, because of its high viral load, is when they get sick, they're getting really sick. So someone might hear that and, and say like, oh, so if I'm just taking my chances, it's not that big a deal. Why, why should I get vaccinated if unvaccinated people are getting sick? Um, are, are, there actually un, are, are there actually vaccinated people who are sick enough to go to the hospital? And who, who are those folks? There are. And so what we uh, have seen right now in Missoula, is that the average age of the vaccinated individuals who are severe enough that they need to go to the hospital is 80 years old. Mm. The average age of unvaccinated individuals who are going to the hospital is 65 years old. And again, those are just averages. Um, so what we're seeing is that unvaccinated individuals are getting sicker younger than the vaccinated group. Before we got going here, we're talking just a little bit about lifestyle and general uh, well-being and health and how that impacts uh, I guess uh, your your own body's response to COVID uh, maybe talk a little bit about that because typically we hear about masking up getting vaccinated socially distancing from one another but what about just all those things that we know diet uh, just being a healthy person yeah so when someone contracts COVID the virus itself does, you know, work inside your body and does damage. But a lot of what, what we associate with as the damage of COVID is actually your own body's immune system. And so the, um, the folks that we're seeing that are, are, you know, largely needing to go onto 
ventilators or going into the hospital, um, you know, that's your body is actually kicking its uh, own defense mechanism into hyperdrive to the point where it will actually fight itself. Mm. And um, one of the best ways to, to hopefully not have that happen is to have your body be in really good shape, really good condition. So I know myself, I let myself slide during COVID. And so we absolutely are now focusing on our physical health and nutrition and, you know, everything that we can do to keep our bodies as healthy as possible is going to prevent that severe illness um, if you contract COVID. Hmm. Interesting. And what are our hospital numbers looking like now in, in Missoula County? So we've been, since the Delta spike, we've been averaging anywhere from 30 to 35. Uh, just today we're at 30, yeah, we're at 35 exactly you today. cases? In the hospital. Oh, in, in the, the hospital. hospital. Sorry. Yeah, so we have, um, as of today, we have 19 Missoula County residents hospitalized and 16 non-Missoula County residents who are still in our hospitals here. And in how Missoula does Missoula County or the, the, um, our hospitals, how do they compare with uh, communities that are similar size? What we see is that the rate of vaccination is really going to drive that number more than anything else. And so Montana, and, and even though, so Missoula, we should be very proud. We lead the state in vaccination rates, yeah. but still we're not where we need to be. Um, and our hospital system here in Missoula absolutely is strained. Um, and we talk, you know, so I talk regularly with both hospitals. I know the elected officials um, hear from the CEOs of the hospitals and we are absolutely strained. Now, we, our hospitals are not as bad as other uh, parts of the country where vaccine rates are closer to 30% because ours is, you know, up around 60%. Um, and so our hospitals, you know, we haven't got to the point yet where we're, where we're actively calling in the National Guard, um, but we have got to the point where that is on standby so that if we can't contain this Delta spike, we will have to provide more support and services to our hospitals. What, what does that look like in terms of National Guard support? Uh, some people, that uh, probably conjures up images of Humvees and whatnot uh, uh, roaming around or helping with uh, sandbags for flooding. In an instance like this, what would the National Guard be doing? In some aspects, it really does play out just like the movies. So they come in, um, they bring in tents where we can set up um, beds, they bring in medical supplies. Mm. The main thing though is the personnel. Our hospitals actually are pretty well equipped for the response. The issue that, that we're having right now is that there are not enough hands to do the work mm. that needs to be done to treat these COVID patients while they're in the hospital. And that's really the main thing. So, you know, we might get to the point where, you know, you see the, the tent set up, but even if you don't see that, it's because those workers are inside the hospital just covering shifts. Right now, you know, our, our, our hospital staff, the nurses, the doctors, the, all of our caregivers are just putting in so much time and effort to help get us through this spike. It does seem there's a little bit of a disconnect out there, and maybe some of your words today might help this. That I remember last year when we were in a really bad spot, <clears throat> you can kind of feel it when you were moving about the city or the county. You could feel it. Man, something bad is happening. Right now, out in the regular world, it kind of seems like things are more or less back to normal, yet inside the walls of those hospitals, you're describing people working shift after shift and being strained. Uh, do you see something we can do to kind of help alleviate that pressure? So we put out, um, I think about a week or so ago, we put out a press release from the health department. And one of the, the biggest things that people can do is start limiting their circles, shrinking their circles. Because, you know, what is happening is that, you know, with in, in this post vaccine environment 
everybody immediately wanted to go back to life as normal. Yeah. And so it's, you know, going, you know, out and, and seeing friends and family and restaurants and bars and, and movie theaters and, and all of um, the, the activities that we just were craving. And I get that. I really do get that. What that means, though, is that there's more opportunity for exposure um, when you have more people coming in contact with each other. And so what we're seeing is that not only our hospitals, but at the Missoula City County Health Department, so whereas, you know, last fall when people were still really sort of, you know, really taking this seriously because there wasn't a vaccine and, and people were scared, um, what we saw was that our contact tracers, you know, for each active case might need to call a handful of people. We have active cases right now where we've had to call up to 100 close contacts um, because people are just out living their lives and in, in some instances, even just really ignoring all of the lessons that we've learned over the last 16 months. And what that has done has created more exposure, which with this strain that's more transmissible has translated to more cases. So uh, how much does that cost us? The cost is pretty significant. And so we have our vaccine and testing efforts are right now 100% covered by the federal government. And so we're doing those and we're, we're um, going to eventually get paid for that from FEMA. Our contact tracing, case investigation, and monitoring efforts, however, are not covered by the federal government. They're not covered by FEMA. So here at Missoula County um, and the, the city and county of Missoula, just contact tracing and case investigation alone is costing up to about $150,000 a week. Oh my God. So you said a person has an on average right now, or up could have up to 100 close contacts. Yeah. How does that compare to last year? Um, you know, so last year for each positive case, and I, I don't have the data on me, but for each positive case, um, our callers were reaching out to a handful. So it could have been anywhere from six to maybe 10. Um, our averages now, right now have been closer to, the average is between 10 and 20. Um, and then, like I said, we've had these, you know, outliers of, of folks who have, you know, really just <laughs> thrown caution to the wind and that's ended up putting a burden on, on our healthcare system. So if Missoula County is the only county in the, in the region that um, has really put these efforts um, into contact tracing, into asking folks to quarantine and isolate, um, and other counties aren't doing it, or other regions of Montana aren't doing it, what's, are, are, are efforts futile? I would argue that they're not futile. They're definitely going to be less effective. But that doesn't mean that we can just stop doing what we're doing. You know, even here in Missoula and in Montana, we do. We have to admit that we live in a global society. Um, you know, as soon as this last year in 2020, as soon as I heard the first case diagnosed in Seattle, I knew it would be here in Missoula. We've got a half a dozen flights coming in from Seattle every day here in Missoula. We are not an island unto ourselves. And yeah, so we have to realize that what other counties do, what other regions do, absolutely will affect us. That being said, maybe here in Missoula, we cannot end this pandemic pandemic alone. We can still do everything we can to reduce the numbers who are impacted by it here locally. Um, and if that, maybe, you know, so maybe we can't stop everyone um, from here on out from dying from COVID, but we can try to reduce that number as much as possible. And that's going to mean the world to, to somebody who might have lost their family member 
um, but didn't because we put mitigation efforts into place. Thanks. It seems like one of the basics remains get vaccinated. So for those who are still hesitant about getting vaccinated, what what's your advice? You know, my mom didn't want to get the polio vaccine, but she did. And what that meant was that I didn't have to. And what we are going to see with with coronavirus and, and um, especially, you know, the COVID-19 that we're dealing with right now is that when viruses are allowed to spread, they grow, they get stronger, they mutate. You know, a virus wants to thrive just like any of us want to thrive. And our best defense is to give that virus nowhere to go, nowhere to spread until it dies out. And immunity is the way that we do that. And, you know, we are not going to be able to get the level of immunity that we need without vaccines. And so vaccines are absolutely our best tool against wiping this virus out. Shane, in your, in your long career in public health, have you ever seen another instance where there was a specific drug or behavior, something that had to be changed for people to remain healthy and a, and a kind of a tipping point happened and then the switch was made? Uh, and I just wonder if you have, what do you think that tipping point is for us in terms of people are going to get vaccinated? You know, this is not the the first pandemic that has popped up in, in my career. It's definitely the first global pandemic, um, you know, but we've had to deal with, you know, H1N1, with SARS, with pertussis, and really, uh, and, and that's also where we, a lot of these lessons that we've put to work with COVID, we learn from other viruses like the H1N1 influenza, um, which is also a, a respiratory virus. Not the exact same, but very similar. So we have all these lessons learned. Um, and, you know, for example, in, in the SARS outbreak in 2003, you know, tw almost 20 years ago, worldwide, 774 deaths because people were actively putting into place all of these mitigation measures, the exact same mitigation measures that we're talking about right now, the distancing and the masking, um, the sanitizing, hand washing, limiting circles, limiting spread. That has worked in the past. I will be honest, I don't know what it's gonna take to get people to take this seriously this because time. Because we, now we have 650-ish thousand in deaths in just the United States alone. Exactly, and 4.5 million worldwide. It, it, yeah. it does seem that through politicization of some of the measures, the lines have been drawn almost around identity. That if you believe yourself to be one sort of person, you're gonna get vaccinated. And if you hold some other beliefs close to your heart, you're not gonna get vaccinated. It seems like kind of a disconnect because these beliefs around economy or size of government don't really have a direct line to public health. When I started working in the public health field 25 years ago, wanting to save lives and not wanting to people, not wanting people to die was never considered political. Um, that's a, a really radical change, hmm. oh, just over the last couple of years. So, DeShane, one of the questions that we've gotten from members of the public is, given the, the importance of being vaccinated, does local government in Montana, does Missoula County have the authority just to require that every person in Missoula County be vaccinated? Typically, government is not the one who actually puts that requirement. What we have normally are laws that say that businesses, certain types of businesses and schools can require vaccines. And so, again, I mentioned, you know, earlier as a child, you know, we, I, I got many vaccines as a child. Polio was not one of them. I didn't need to, but I got many vaccines as a child. I had to do that in order to go to school. Um, and 
So what our legislature did this past session was they said that a, a business cannot compel its employees to, be, to get vaccinated. And they did not limit that just to the COVID vaccine. That's any and all, all it says is, is vaccine, period. Um, and so normally what we would do is, you know, our big schools, our big employers, um, the, the city and county as employers would require their employees to get vaccinated and we would require kids to get vaccinated. Um, and that's the approach that's typically taken. So if you want to send your child to kindergarten, to public kindergarten, they're going to be asked that child has some vaccinations. If you want to go to the University of Montana, you'll be asked to show that you've had a certain set of vaccinations. Those rules have been around for decades and decades. Can can co can a COVID vaccine kind of fit into that same sort of pathway? In in many other states, it already has. Hmm. Um, here in Montana, there is from uh, House Bill 702, which was the House bill that addressed vaccines and, and vaccine status. Um, it did exempt schools under a different act, and so I'm not an attorney. I can't go through and and, and speak for what that means. Um, I'm not sure if our schools are or are not able to um, require COVID vaccines uh, once they are beyond the emergency use authorization. The Montana um, law was very clear that no vaccine can be mandated if it's still under emergency mm. use authorization. So you talked about lessons learned from SARS and other, other uh, epidemics. Um, what did we learn from last year dealing with this global pandemic? Unfortunately, what we learned last year, the Delta variant, uh, both vaccines and the Delta variant are a game changer. And so what we saw last year was that children were naturally more resistant to this virus. And that's great. Like we, we love our kids. We don't want them to get sick. What we are seeing is that with the Delta variant, that's not necessarily the case anymore. So our number of children zero to nine, ages zero to nine years old, who've been affected, infected in the last month is 50% higher than it was for the month of November 2020 when wow. we were in our last spike. Wow. Um, and so what that means is that even though, yes, there are some lessons learned, you know, all the mitigating behaviors, also, you know, this Delta variant is a game changer. And, you know, what we saw was that in the past, the people who were getting severely ill and, you know, eventually dying largely tended to be older people and what we're seeing now is that that's still true among the vaccinated population, but among the unvaccinated population, there are people my age who are in the hospital fighting and dying from COVID. Well, we've been talking about a lot of this at, at, at a high level of kind of policy and, and public health practice, but just bringing this down to, down to earth here, uh, what's this meant for you? Deshane, uh, what this this COVID experience we've lived through, and and before I forget, I just want to say we absolutely appreciate all the good work that you and your staff at the Missoula uh, City County Health Department have been doing, and all of our healthcare providers. I think what this has really highlighted is that we are a community, and what I do impacts the lives of people around me, and we are all in this together whether we like it or not i might not like everyone in my family but i love everyone in my family and i don't want them to pass away from a disease and a virus that could have been prevented um and there are really 
easy things that we could be doing that could literally prevent people from dying. And I just really wish that we would do more of those things more often. What do you fear most? Having to, 20 years from now, look my son in his eyes and tell him that we didn't do enough. That he has family and friends and neighbors who died from a virus that they didn't need to. Okay, so to bring this home on a positive note, uh, what, are you, what are you grateful for given the last year? I think on that same note, what I'm grateful for is that even without you know the, the health officer orders that are, were in place in the past and are not now, our community cares. And I've seen our community really say, we want to do whatever we can to you know play our part now there are still absolutely some folks who are not pulling their weight when it comes to combating covid but for those who are they are really um just an inspiration what can your commissioners do to be more <laughs> supportive um you know and, and this is true for all of us as individuals and everybody watching if we know someone who has not yet been vaccinated, encourage them to get vaccinated. Um, and if they have questions, if they, they have concerns, um, talk to a medical provider. Um, you know, I, I, I've had people say, you know, I want you to right now teach me all of the science behind COVID. I don't walk onto a plane and tell the pilot to teach me all the science of how an airplane works. <laughs> so no, what I do is I trust that the pilot knows if that airplane is going to work or not. There's all kinds of lights and, and dashboards. And at the public health level, we have dashboards. We have lights, green, yellow, red. And so when we say this is becoming a problem, what we all need to do is, is just carry our weight and do our part to get us through this. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks so much.